Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're now listening to Project Kayfabe. Big meaty man slapping me. (laughs) The most unprofessional podcast on professional wrestling. Let's rock. Where you listen to our shitty little opinions and you kind of enjoy them. That's cap. Totally cap. That means lie. This ain't your mommy's podcast. Presented by the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. And here is your host, the one, the only, Joe. Yo, what is going on, everyone? Welcome to Project Kayfabe, a pro wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe. This is going to take me a little bit of time to get used to just being exclusively a pro wrestling podcast, or just very least saying that in the beginning of my intros. I'm so used to saying a pro wrestling or a wrestling and pop culture podcast, but we have dropped that part of it. This podcast will exclusively touch on pro wrestling. If you ever do want to hear my takes on pop culture stuff like movies, shows, whatever stuff is going on that's interesting, along with my boy Finn, that will be a podcast in the near future. Just need to come up with the name of it and all that, so that's something in the works. But if you are listening to Project Kayfabe, welcome. Some of you may or may not be listening for the very first time if you're not used to uh, some of the other podcasts yet on this feed. So we are the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network feed. You have Project Kayfabe coming out on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and we're going to talk about pro wrestling, whether it's a little bit of the stuff that's going on on the current day side of things, but mostly we'll be talking about some historical things. And the biggest historical thing you'll hear on this podcast at the moment is the Hulk Hogan era of TNA. It was a fucking crazy and wacky time, and I am ready to talk about that and go down and take a deep dive into all of that. Uh, and then, so you'll hear us talk about some other things, like some of the greatest wrestling feuds or some of the, like, you know, the more obscure ones in wrestling. I want to take a deep dive in some of those. Uh, we might do some other stuff that we have in the works. That'll that'll be talked about more when I get an idea of when that's all going to happen. Uh, so that's Wednesdays and Thursdays. You can listen to Project Kayfabe whenever we drop an episode on one of those days. And then the next podcast you can listen to that's on the list is the Wrestling Journal podcast. They come out around a Saturday-Sunday schedule, and you have Joseph Crush, Nikki Noodles, you got all the boys on there, and they're talking about current-day wrestling, which is awesome. They have a lot of perspectives, and they have so many different things that they could talk about, so you can go listen to that. And then on Mondays, you can listen to From the Top Rope Podcast with Gurge Brooms, and he'll be talking about the week in wrestling, what we have coming ahead, all the cool things that you that just happened the week before. So it's a lot of cool stuff that we're doing there. So we got Gurge Brooms from the top rope. We got Joseph Crush and the boys on the Wrestling Journal. And then you got myself on Project Kayfabe. So you got a whole week of podcasts that you can listen to. Three different options. We all say a lot of cool different things. And it's just a fun time to be a part of this. And hopefully finding more ways to collab in the future. 
So today is Wednesday. Uh, it's Wednesday night. That's why Quade isn't here. Quade is a little tired. I'm a little tired too, but I made sure we had an episode to come out with. So Quade, he is not going to be on this episode, but I will be on this episode. And uh, it's been a little bit of an interesting week in pro wrestling. So I'll talk a little bit about some of the current day pro wrestling news. And then afterwards, we're going to cut into our main part of the show where we will be talking about TNA the second episode of the Hulk Hogan era of TNA. This came out on January 14th, 2010. And, yeah, that was an episode of wrestling. So uh, that's what you got lined up for the show. Uh, As always, thank you again for listening and being a part of the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. As always, we have three shows you can listen to. And uh, thank you for listening to Project Kayfabe if you are. Uh, just a little rundown on our social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Project underscore Kayfabe. Same thing with our Instagram and our TikTok for Project Kayfabe. All under the handle at Project underscore Kayfabe. We got some YouTube content in the work. Hopefully going to happen soon. Uh, and then if you're interested in just the overall arching stuff that is WrestleBuzz, you could find us at WrestleBuzz with three Zs on Twitter. And then you could find us on Instagram at WrestleBuzz. If you want wrestling news, some cool stuff on pro wrestling, a little bit of memes here and there, go check us out there on that uh, on that handle. And uh, with all that being said, let's dive into this past week of wrestling news. So, like I said in the beginning of the show, there's been a lot of interesting things that have happened in this past few uh, couple days, I guess you could say, in pro wrestling. (laughs) All of this has happened kind of in between Saturday to Wednesday. So, I got some interesting stuff I want to talk about. Number one, Shinsuke Nakamura versus the Great Muda on January 1st, 2023 at Pro Wrestling Noah. This like kind of broke Twitter over the weekend. Like I remember, I was sitting. Where, where was I? I was somewhere. I was probably on a train. I was, no, I had just woken up. It was a, a busy Saturday. I just woken up, and I checked Twitter, and I see Shinsuke Nakamura versus Great Muda being brought up in the Discord I'm a part of for the WrestleBuzz Discord. Feel free to check that out. Um, and I was just shocked. I was like, "What the fuck?" I go on Twitter. Everybody's talking about it. Normally, there's this guy on Twitter. His name's at Tom. Uh, is it Tom underscore Customs? He is known for making some of the best fake wrestling match cards, best like wrestling matchups, like uh, graphics out there, and they look so believable. There have been many a times where I had to double take and be like, "Ah, oh, shit, this is fake," because he makes so many good ones. And then recently, he's been like changing his uh, profile to look like a fake Tony Khan and a fake. Like Noah, fake, like, uh, you know, Tokyo Joshi. Like, it's fucking crazy to me. Um, Anywho, this match is real. This is WWE really, like, opening the forbidden door, kind of. You know, it's been memed about for the last year or two with AEW and what they've been doing, opening the quote-unquote forbidden door, and now working with New Japan. They have, obviously, the entire show. And now we have WWE stepping into the mix letting Shinsuke Nakamura go have a fight hot pro wrestling Noah against the legendary Great Muda. And Great Muda, he already has such a, you know, a time set up for himself. He has this match. He's going to be tag teaming with Sting in Japan. Like, this is fucking cool. And, you know, I learned today that uh, when Triple H came into power, 
Um, this apparently was an option before. So apparently Pro Wrestling Noah had reached out, possibly maybe even Great Muda. I don't know. It was one or the other. They had reached out when Vince McMahon was in charge, and he said no. And here we are now. Triple H wanted to make sure that offer still stood. And here we are. We got a match booked January 1st, the first fucking day of 2023. We get Nakamura versus the Great Muda. I am so ready for this match. I am ready. Fuck. So that was some really cool stuff that we heard. Some other cool things that happened recently. Just yesterday, actually, on Tuesday, GCW on Monday had uh, had made a point, like had made it known, oh, we got something big that we're working on. Big announcement tomorrow. And then Tuesday came around, and Sean Rassap dropped the news. GCW is now partnered with Fight TV. They are actually a part of the subscription service that is Fight Plus. So if you want to watch any of the GCW catalog, you can check it out. If you want to see any of the new GCW shows that are happening, and they do a lot of shows. I want to see at least two to three a month at some point that they have some big shows going on whether they're big or small but it's just the matches that they have on here the roster that they have on the indies is deep because they collect from all over the place they got impact stars on there they got uh aw stars here and there even though tony khan's trying to get rid of that which is fucking stupid uh they got some of the best people in the indies fighting with them and two to three shows a month or more you know sometimes normally when they do a show over the weekend they have two shows so if there's like three set up, that's about six wrestling shows. They always got something going on, which is awesome. And you can get all this for four ninety nine a month. That's a great deal. Like one of the first things I'm going to watch when I get the chance is I'm going to watch LA Confidential. This happened in what, 2017, 2018? David Arquette versus Nick Gage at the main event in this LA show. Just incredible. This is a match that they talked about in Dark Side of the Ring. I'm excited about that. A big fan of GCW, so happy to see that they have a network now that they're a part of in a way. And uh, just a great way to continue to watch and support indie wrestling. So they are a part of it. I just saw today on Twitter, or was it yesterday? I think it was Twitter, uh, today, that Wrestle Revolver is also a part of it. And they got a lot of cool shows. And there's so much on Fight Plus. So go check it out, Four ninety nine a month. It's not a paid ad, but maybe one day. Uh, on top of that, cool news that was happening. Just today, Colt Cabana came back to professional wrestling. In, well, okay. So in other news, uh, also kind of cool, Colt Cabana is back with AEW. So he never left. He was always a part of AEW. But ever since CM Punk came, you know, Colt Cabana has kind of been missing. He's had one or two matches here or there. But he was kind of missing for a long time in AEW. He was probably, you know, on Dark or Elevation. I know he did, like, you know, the Germany tour where they were promoting the AEW video game and all that. But he just had a match tonight against Chris Jericho for the ROH world title. And, God, I know CM Punk was crying at home. My boy, my God. You know, it, it's, it's crazy because CM Punk has all his mess going on. Good, bad, and different. CM Punk is not a part of the company for right now. He's suspended, possibly, still. Leave up absence, don't know. And who knows if he's ever coming back, at least to AEW. Apparently, uh, something came out today uh, from Fightful saying that, oh, he still has the wrestling bug in him, so he'll definitely still wrestle. But, like, where is the question right now? 
And then with Colt Cabana coming back, you already know people are like, what? If, I mean, if Colt Cabana's back, does this mean CM Punk is gone? Is he done? Is he done after tonight? You know, who knows? But get to see Colt Cabana on there. That was good. Uh, I've always liked Colt Cabana. Obviously, because of CM Punk is why I know of him, because when that whole you know article <laughs> broke out, I mean, the podcast episode that he did with him, uh, with Colt Cabana after being released from WWE, that was huge. And then I stayed following Colt Cabana for a bit. Never do that man with Scotty Goldman back on the, you know, on his jobbing days for WWE. But Colt Cabana's back with AEW. He's always, you know, he was always on there, but just kind of hidden. But he just got the limelight tonight. So huge match for Rampage this Friday night live from Atlantic City. We have Mike Tyson who's going to be there. But the match that I'm about to talk about blew my mind when I saw it was signed tonight on on Dynamite. We got Orange Cassidy going against Shibata for the All-Atlantic title. So, in this in tonight we had a match Orange Cassidy put that belt on the line and he won against Luchasaurus and Ray Phoenix. I was kind of watching the match, kind of not. I was busy trying to, you know, get ready for this episode of the pod. And then Shibata came out to save the day because Orange Cassidy was going to get his ass beat, I'm pretty sure, is what was going on. Shibata is a legend. If you know wrestling outside of WWE and all that stuff, if you know New Japan a little bit, you know Shibata is a big fucking deal. We want to see Shibata go against Brian Danielson at some point. We want to see Shibata go against a lot of guys. A guy that was almost done with his career because of injury is now being able to get the chance to have some really cool matches. And him against Orange Cassidy, that's pretty cool. And you know what? Good for Rampage. It's been talked about a lot over the past couple of months now that Rampage is very much becoming a throwaway show. I know they just mentioned on the Wrestling Journal podcast kind of like, ah, oh, this happened on Rampage. Like, oh, what, is, what are they doing to Rampage? And while this is a, sh- while this is a match with no build... Nothing that's like, you know, you know, the leads to storylines that'll continue afterwards, at least for what we know of. Having Shibata, New Japan, like pro wrestler, one of the best out there, going against Orange Cassidy, that's enough to at least get me to tune in for a bit just to watch that match. So if Rampage could do stuff like this, give us very important things to look forward to, like actually build Rampage up more. I still think it could maybe be a second brand if they were able to do that because their roster's bloated. And, you know, with Rampage coming out at 10 o'clock on Friday night, normally I'm busy, I'm free this time. It's just cool to know that there's something to watch and something to look forward to. If they can continue to do that, that'd be great. Because think about this. Rampage, the first dance, CM Punk came back to on, on an episode of Rampage. Then you have this. You've had some AEW matches that have been really good there. But you need to build it up a little bit more. And, you know, maybe Tony Khan, because he's always on Twitter. Maybe he finally heard people and like, all right, let's do this. Uh, and then the last bit of news. Potential attack from Iran to Saudi Arabia uh, in the coming days, possibly. And, you know, obviously that's big because, one, it's like just crazy to hear about an attack. But then also, WWE has Crown Jewel this Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern. Ah. Uh, it's wild. WWE still plans to continue to host the show there. Uh, they have a plan if attacks were to happen. They have security protocols. But that's just wild. But, you know, there's an attack imminent, and they're still going to host a show there. 
Um, they already flew a bunch of people out, so I guess I understand, but I wonder what they're going to do. I like, you know, God forbid, I hope nothing happens, but, um, you know, there was a, there was a fake image going around today of like a fake, like, you know, WWE announcement saying that they're canceling Crown Jewel and they're going to move it to the performance center. I mean, even if this was like, if they did cancel it, I don't see the performance center as an option. Because I think they've grown past that. So, uh, who knows? Let's see what happens from there. I hope nothing happens. I hope we have a great show. And I hope the you know nation of Saudi is alright. Um, they got a lot of things going on there that isn't alright. But I just hope that you know nothing comes from this attack. Potential attack. Um, but that's the biggest stuff I wanted to talk about. So with that, let's talk about TN. A. All right, so TNA, January 14th, 2010. This is the second episode of the Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff era of TNA. And to be honest, I don't even know why I reviewed it. <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest. That felt like such a throwaway episode leading up to your main pay-per-view of the of the first the first pay-per-view of the year. Like it is crazy to think that this is your first pay-per-view of the year and this is the go away go away show? I mean what? Like why? Why what this wasn't that eventful. I felt pretty bored watching it, not gonna lie. I had AEW on the side, and I was definitely more interested in that. But um, there was some interesting stuff, nonetheless, behind this episode. Um, Before we get into it, let's talk about what they're doing on the other side of things. So, obviously, they're trying to compete with the WWE. Right now, TNA is obviously the second biggest company in the U.S. because, well, there's not that much going on besides Indies. And uh, right now, they're going against Monday Night Raw, I guess is the best way to describe it. I wouldn't really want to talk about what they're doing on SmackDown, but maybe I'll talk about what they're doing on SmackDown next week. Uh, but Raw, Raw had a rating of 3.7. They, they uh, had their episode January 11, 2010. Uh, we had a match. I believe the first match of the show was Alicia Fox, and she defeated Kelly Kelly in a WWE Divas Championship quarterfinal match. That match was two minutes long. Uh, then we had... Legacy, aka Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase, they defeated Mark Henner and Evan Bourne in four minutes. Huh. We had Santino Morella defeat Jack Swagger in an overtop rope challenge. That was 53 seconds. We got Randy Orton. He defeated John Cena and Kofi Kingston in a number one contenders match for the WWE title. 11 minutes. All right. We got Eve Torres. She defeated Katie Lee. In a Divas Championship quarterfinal match, a minute and 53 seconds. And then at the end of the show, we had a unified tag team championship match. We had D-Generation X, who are the current champions, and they took on... Oh, wait. Oh, wait a second. Uh, I read this wrong. Unified tag team champions, DX, they took on Chris Jericho and Mike Tyson. Uh, They defeated Chris Jericho and Mike Tyson. And that was a 5 minute and 43 second long match. 
Um, this is uh, that was kind of the biggest thing for this show. Mike Tyson returned to the WWE for the very first time since the whole WrestleMania deba- uh, debacle that went on, and uh, he was uh, supposed to be teaming with Jericho, but he turned on him and he fucking punched Jericho out. So that was very interesting. I do vaguely remember this show, mostly because of the whole Mike Tyson angle that's going on with this. And this may or may not have been the last time you see Mike Tyson in the WWE. And, you know, it's funny. I just talked about in the beginning of the news of, uh, you know, AEW having Mike Tyson show up to do commentary this Friday. Mike Tyson was there for, for this. Well, he's going to be there on Friday. He, Mike Tyson was... Mike Tyson is going to be there Friday. He was there for, what, the first ever AEW uh, TNT Championship match with Cody Rhodes and Lance Archer. So, you know, Mike Tyson's synonymous for wrestling because of all the things he's done. Uh, So that was your episode of Raw. And, you know, I was going to talk shit about TNA because I did the math, and I think it was about 16 minutes and 47 seconds of pro wrestling is on this card for TNA that we're about to talk about. Then WWE also kind of did something similar. They're a little bit over. They're about like almost 20 minutes, so not as great. You know, it's better, but not as great as it can be. Um, So it's interesting because, like, for example, this TNA, TNA is two episodes. I mean, so TNA is two hours, so is Raw. And TNA, at least what what I'm seeing on the videos, is showing that there's about an hour and 23 minutes, give or take, of the show when you take away commercials. I'd imagine the same thing happens with Raw. So there's very little wrestling on these wrestling shows, but I guess that's okay, because then this allows for more vignettes and more interesting promos, but at least not on the TNA side of things, because my lord, some of these were rough. This episode of TNA... While Raw got about a 3.7, right? Is that what I said? Raw got a 3.7. TNA, they got a 1.3 in the ratings. Very, very interesting. Just the vast difference. You know, obviously a 3.7 is better than a 1.3. And you know what? This is a fair rating, honestly, because my lord, this was not a great episode to watch. This was bad. This was not fun. There was there's obviously small diamonds in the roughs. But not that many great things here, man. My lord. They start off the episode of TNA basically recapping the historical night that was the episode we just reviewed. The first episode that had Hulk Hogan. So I am going to play that bit for you just because I thought that was an interesting way to, to, you know, recap everything from last week. And I feel like it'll be a good recap for you guys if you don't listen. So uh, you're going to hear all of that. TNA! This is the moment that we've been anticipating for months! Hulk Hogan, live in the 
tradition in this company. I can assure you, things are going to change. The game changes now. Everybody has to earn their spot in this company. Those are the two greatest wrestlers in this business today. And AJ Styles, you just raised the TNA bar to a whole nother level. What Hulk's is trying to tell you is everybody, everybody is going to be under a microscope. You ran this company into the ground. I now am Dixie Carter's partner. You need to grab your boots, get in line with the rest of the crew. You've got to prove yourself. And what we're going to do is turn this company upside down. I made myself a promise. I would never... You've got no power, you've got no control, you've got nothing but one choice. And that's to get in line with everybody else. Put your boots on and fight for your job. So that was a pretty good intro, not gonna lie. That was a great way to introduce the show. There was a lot going on, just basically just hyping up the importance of Hulk Hogan coming to TNA. And you know, I gotta give it to him. It's a very important moment in their history, especially because of everything that happens afterwards. So the first match of the night was a tag team match. It was Generation Me, a.k.a. the fucking Young Bucks. And they're going against the Motor City Machine Guns. And I was just like, yo, it's the Young Bucks, the Elite. Let's go. You know, being deprived of them, you know, because they're not on AEW now, it's crazy just to see them. And this is also their first ever match live in TNA. I, um... I didn't know that at first. It took me a second to realize, and then they they eventually say it. Uh, this is their first televised match, because they did actually have a match before this uh, the year prior, at, at New Year's, basically, around that time. Um, and they also took on the Motor City Machine Guns and a dark match. But they actually had a match against the Motor City Machine Guns that went pretty fucking cool. I enjoyed it. You know, it's just really also nice to see that, you know, the Young Bucks are still wrestling now, even though they're on a hiatus. But it's also great to see that the Motor City Machine Guns are out here. The Motor City Machine Guns are one of the best tag teams to ever be on the Indies. I really wish WWE or AEW would sign them or, you know, use them, because I know AEW has used Motor City Machine Guns already, but, man, I would like to see them around more, just because they're the guns. They're amazing. But anyway, we got Max and Jeremy Buck. We got Max, who's Matt Jackson. We got Jeremy Buck, who's Nick Jackson. You know, the crowd already knows that they're the Young Bucks because before the Young Bucks were the Generation Me on TNA, they were already big on the Indies. They were doing a lot of stuff in ROH. They have already been in PWG being tag team champions. So they are known on the Indies, uh, on the Indies scene. So it's really cool that to see they're there. Uh, you got NWO, a.k.a. the band. They just, you know, TNA just has a show that they're around. You know, just got to get money off of all these old guys and whatnot. Uh, but to the match itself that's going on, it's, it's good. It's a good match for what would end up being a five-minute match. That was a very good match. They got a lot of shit in. Nick Jackson does his classic Nick Jackson moves where he's jumping over everything and doing his flips. Matt Jackson hits a spear. It was really good. And, you know, for a debut, they took home the W. They beat the Motor City Machine Guns, a decorated tag team. They beat them with more bang for your buck. And uh, my favorite thing that actually happened was Mike today said, Ah, oh, Generation Me, they are the elite of the X Division. And I was like, oh my god. Maybe this is where the name came from all these years. It was just being called because they were, you know, 
advertised as being one of the elites of the you know the X division that they're trying to grow here can still this is back when they kind of still cared about the X division. I mean, there's some interesting stuff that ends up happening with the X division, but Generation Me takes home the W. I was shocked. And there is so much more Generation Me that we're going to get. And, you know, it's it's a shame that they never stood on to TNA as long as they could have. But, obviously, they made the right choice at the end of their career. I mean, where they're at now, it's not even over. So, after the tag team match, we get the Nasty Boys. They're backstage. Of course, they're still wrecking up Team 3D's locker room. That's an interesting, you know, thing to do because I know obviously they tape these shows like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They they use the Universal Studios a lot as much as they can. And I know it's a tape show, but it's just so interesting that one week to the next, the Nasty Boys are still wrecking this locker room. No one decided to clean it. No one was like, oh, we, we should take care of this. I know they're the Nasty Boys, but they're fucking up Team 3D's locker room. And, you know, the, the Sags, I believe is his name, he says this one fucking line. He's like, oh, this this bag's pretty full because he's apparently been taking shits in Devon's gym bag, which is just, just why. I guess this is what the Nasty Boys did. I, I Like, they're a 90s property, but, like, early 90s property, I'm pretty sure, or at least, like, a part that's, like, not that important in my eyes. I know who they are, but what the fuck? And if this is what they were doing back then, all power to them. But these are 40-year-old grown men, and they're wrecking locker rooms and pooping in bags. I mean, what the fucking hell is that? What the fuck is that, man? Uh, so they're, they're causing ruckus. They're saying this is their locker room now. Devon, you can hear him. He's pounding on the door to get in because they locked Team 3D out of what is their locker room. Apparently, because Team 3D has their own locker room, but they locked them out. D-Bone's getting pissed, and you got the nasty boys just fucking around with them, saying, oh, we're not letting you in, blah, blah, Basically, they're saying, go fuck yourself, D-Bone. Interesting. Just interesting. They're building up to the nasty boys going against Team 3D. It'll be interesting. Maybe, maybe not. So after that weird Nasty Boys moment, we go into a Hulk Hogan promo ad, whatever you want to call it, for Genesis. He's hyping up Genesis. He's hyping up TNA. He's also hyping up that someone big is coming. A big name player is coming to TNA at Genesis. And there's someone who can take away the championship belt. They can be a world champion here. Um, it took me a second to remember who it was. I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. But it was very interesting. And we will definitely see a lot of this person in this run of TNA, and um, I always wish more could have happened, but we'll get into that. I'm not going to spoil it. So that was one of the biggest takeaways. The other big takeaway is if you play WWE 2K, and if you ever want to play Hulk Hogan, I mean, not Hulk Hogan, Kurt Angle, this is the music that they play for this ad is the same music that they use for Olympic hero entrance on 2K. Uh, so here, take a listen to this, because my lord. TNA has officially rewritten history, and at the focal point of that history-making day, Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, raised the bar to an ultimate level that the TNA fans have never seen before. We have to know, can AJ Styles do it again? The fans deserve to see this match one more time. You know, this is a double-edged sword for Kurt Angle. In 2010, this will be his last shot at AJ Styles. AJ Styles has more than his hands full with all the TNA talent. The whole world 
Now here's the heartbeat of TNA. It's pounding louder than ever. But now the magnetism of TNA is attracting the top talent in the wrestling world. The next pay-per-view, Genesis, we've attracted one of the biggest impact players in professional wrestling. He can change the game in a heartbeat. He can take the title in a heartbeat. This man is signed on with TNA. I think the whole world's going to be surprised, and I know the talent at TNA is going to be shocked. Wait till you see who walks through our doors at Genesis. So they are clearly hyping up who this guy is going to be. They're hyping up TNA. They're hyping up the you know arrival of Hogan, of course. That's what they're going to talk about probably for the next 10 years. Um, <laughs> even after when Hogan's gone. Because Hogan, this only lasts for like three fucking years, three or four years. So very interesting. Um, they also mentioned that this is Kurt Angle's last chance in the year of 2010 to go against AJ Styles for the title. So... This is uh, very interesting because the year just started, and this is Angle's last opportunity at Genesis to go against him for the title. Uh, we do cut to Kurt Angle, and he's having an in-ring promo, and he's basically saying, look, you know, he's going to beat AJ for the title. This is his last chance. I'm really digging the old TNA design for this belt because AJ Styles does come out, and they, they do the because they're both faces from what I can tell. They're both faces for this show at the moment. And, you know, they're just doing the, all right, you, you say you're going to beat me, I'm going to beat you, because I'm the best. Generic, but it gets the job done. Um, and Angle, you know, he's there, and he's they, they cut the same basic promo, basically. But this is his last opportunity in the year 2010, and it just started. Um, AJ Styles, they leave, you know, the, the promo's done, his music's going on, Mike Tanay and Taz are talking. Next thing you know, the masked man comes out and attacks the dude. Mask Man from last week, who was trying to interrupt the world title match last week, comes in, does shit, yada, 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 and the Mask Man is revealed to be Tomko. I know I said it last week, and I'm still like, what the fuck? Why is it Tomko? Uh, Tomko's out here. He's upset. He, he, he got some beef with AJ Styles, and he looks like a fucking skinhead. <laughs> I mean, he looks straight like a skinhead. If you don't know Tomko, Tomko used to be with Christian a lot. He was with AJ for a bit. They won the tag team titles together. And the gist of this storyline is that Tomko is upset at AJ Styles for basically casting him away. Once AJ became a champion, I believe Tomko was out on injury. And uh, AJ basically forgot about this man, and he's pissed off about it. After Tomko coming out for no reason at all, just, you know, being a part of the show, very interesting direction. Uh, we got an interview with the band, a.k.a. the NWO. That's what they're going by here. Uh, Christy Hemi Stern off the interview. Then Bubba the Love Sponge comes out, and he's like, all right, toots, basically is what he said. Yeah, all right, toots, put some lip gloss on, get out of here. He says, the these are these tough questions were meant for a man like myself. So he basically told her, get the fuck out of here, put some lip gloss on. What the fuck? <laughs> like, what the hell? Uh, shout out to my boy Joseph Crush on the Wrestling Journal podcast. He was able to confirm something last week that I wasn't too sure about. Uh, and Quade kind of knew, but we were both a little confused. So I was like, who the fuck is Bubba the Love Sponge? And why is he friends with uh, Hulk Hogan? Bubba the Love Sponge is the guy who uh, was friends with Hulk Hogan, obviously. And Hulk Hogan fucked Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. And that's the sex tape that we you know went wild and all that shit. Um, so very interesting, but also still very interesting that they're friends now. Uh, I do I remember a lot about the case? No, I just remember obviously Hulk Hogan said some fucked up shit from that. 
But what I do know is, what the hell, man? Bubba Love Sponge is here. All of Hulk Hogan's friends are getting jobs at this company. What the fuck? Um, they're basically trying to talk to, you know, Bubba's here talking to the band because everyone wants to know what happened to Mick Foley. Because at the end of the episode of last week, we get the band fucking up Mick Foley. Mick Foley tried to get into the show the entire night. And then he finally gets in just to get his ass beat. So this is for most parts of the show during the non-wrestling parts and the non-talking about Hulk Hogan just being here. Uh, they want to know where the fuck is Mick Foley, and I want to know where the fuck Mick Foley is too, and I want to know why the hell does everyone hate Mick Foley? Specifically Eric Bischoff, what the fuck? Anywho, the band, they're just drunk, or, well, maybe Scott Hall is, I don't know, RIP to the man, but he comes off drunk in these promos, uh, in these little vignettes, or whatever you want to call them. Afterwards, we get a match. We get a non-title knockouts match between the beautiful people, Velvet Sky, Madison Rain. They got Lacey Von Eric on their side, and they're going against Awesome Kong and Hamada, the new TNA One champion, uh, tag team champions. All I gotta say is, god damn, on that entrance, bonk. That's it. Uh, no more after that. Um, Angelina Love is in the crowd. Um, I've you know, I knew Angelina Love was obviously a part of the beautiful people, but I was wondering where she was. Um, so I was confused. What happened? There's obviously something going on because she's out there and not, you know, in the ring or on the side. Um, this match was a minute and 56 seconds. Uh, Hamada and like Velvet Sky did a few things. And then Hamada and Madison Rain did a few things just for then uh, Hamada to tag an awesome Kong. Awesome Kong was in the ring for like 15 seconds. Did the awesome bomb. One, two, three. Match is over. Angelina Love gets over the barricade, you know, trying to support her beautiful people, comrades. And then she beats the fuck out of Velvet Sky and uh, Lacey Von Eric. Uh, apparently, you know, she's just saying like, oh, you think you can replace me? Blah, blah, blah. Fuck you is what she's basically getting at. And that's when I'm like, all right, what the fuck happened? So I went on Wikipedia and I took a look. So at No Surrender 20, uh, 2009, um, there was supposed to be a match going on. It was a tag team match, obviously, with the beautiful people. And apparently, uh, the announcer had to say that Love had to depart due to business issues. So then Madison Rain replaced Angelina Love and then teams with uh, Velvet Sky. So they go to a tournament finals where they end up losing the match to Sarita and Taylor Wilde for the tag team titles. That's kind of what happened there. So I don't know what happened internally, if there was, if this was done on purpose or not for why Angelina Love had to leave. But essentially, they get her off of TV, and then next thing you know, she's replaced with Madison Rain, and then now yeah, here we are. Interesting. I don't know where this goes. We are we are all in for the same ride because I am not sure. Then we get a backstage segment. AJ Styles, he's there with Eric B, Easy E, and he's just upset. He's looking for Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's nowhere to be found. And he's like, look, I want a match with Tomko. Tomko's been kicking my ass. I need to do something about this. And Eric Bischoff is like, oh, basically like, dude, I mean, you want a match with him? Fine. But you do know you have a world title match on Sunday at the pay-per-view. And if you get hurt, you know, if Tomko basically beats your ass, I still need a world title to have. You know, I need a title match. So he told AJ, you get the match. Only condition is this is for the world title. So basically saying, hey, if Tomko wins, he's going against Kurt Angle. And coming into the match, 
as TNA World Champion. I've never in my life, you know, I'm not too familiar with Tomko's work. I'm only familiar with the bits and pieces and obviously now this. But this man is not your world champion material. I mean, especially now because he comes back into the match. You know, he's coming back in TNA for however long he was gone. Looking a little bit out of shape. I was pretty, I was pretty sure he was kind of ripped before. And now he's like, eh, you could tell he's been taking it easy. So we cut to commercial, and they come back. We get Jeremy Borash. He's going to look for Eric. He's looking for Hulk Hogan, but gets Eric Bischoff. He's asking the same question we're all asking, or at least this is the biggest question. Where the fuck is Mick Foley? What the fuck happened? Eric Bischoff is like, blah, 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 stop asking me. I don't know. You should know what happened because you're the one that let him into the arena. No one wanted him in there. You let him in. This is your fault, basically. Uh, Beer Money comes in to interrupt. I got fucking excited as hell to see Beer Money. And they're pissed. They want Hall and Nash at Genesis. Uh, I don't really know why they want Hall and Nash at Genesis, because something must have happened before the episode of TNA uh, that we just watched last week, because I don't know what happened. Uh, So they want Hall and Nash. Eric Bischoff grabs James Storm's beer, looks at it, takes a swig. And basically says, you know, you want them at the pay-per-view? I'll get back to you on this. I was like, what the fuck, man? So then we cut to our next match. We got Lethal Consequences. That's Consequences Creed, a.k.a. Xavier Woods, and Jay Lethal, a.k.a. Machismo. And, you know, they are going into the ring. They're getting all hyped up and shit. Next thing you know, (laughs) the boss, Bobby Lashley, comes and wrecks them. He just fucks their ass. He fucks them. He, he's fucking their asses up. They're still upset because they want to meet with Hulk Hogan. And by day, I mean Bobby Lashley and his wife, Crystal. They want out of TNA and they want a meeting with Hogan. But Hulk Hogan ain't giving them the time of day. So what happens? Bobby Lashley fucks up Xavier Woods. Fucks up Jay Lethal. Crystal goes to the mic and says, The boss Bobby Lashley is going to destroy every wrestler on TNA until he has that meeting with, Bobby, with Hulk Hogan. And, you know, it's a very interesting approach. Lashley wants to leave TNA, so he's making a fuss about it. Why don't you just fucking leave, my guy? I know you eventually leave, but why don't you just fucking leave? Walk out on your contract. What are you doing? Uh, Also, cool two things to note. Bobby Lashley in the trunks. Great look. I miss it. Bobby Lashley this has been rocking hands for the last year and a half. I miss the trunks. Uh, Second thing on that, I miss the time when you could be a fan of Jay Lethal, man. I wish I never, well, it had to be known, but it, it just sucks when I had to learn that Jay Lethal basically like blackballed uh, that one woman in professional wrestling. I'm forgetting her name right now, but because um, she didn't want to sleep with him. That's the rumor, and that sucks because I like Jay Lethal. I got hyped when he joined AEW for a bit. Mind you, it hasn't been anything too crazy, but that was disappointing to hear. Uh, anywho. They, uh, so that team of lethal consequences gets their asses kicked by Bobby Lashley just for then their tag team opponents to walk out, aka Team 3D. This match lasts for nine seconds. Team 3D comes out, they're obviously pissed off. Bubba Ray comes out with a damn axe in his hand, and they're pissed because they are not allowed in their locker room because the nasty boys are locked, they're keeping them out. Uh, so they end the match. It takes about nine seconds, like I said. Uh, to, you know, they do the 3D on Xavier Woods, poor man. And uh, so 
Baba has the mic and an axe, and he says, you know, we were in Japan. Uh, we were doing shit. We were doing a great time. We go to talk to the Japanese press, and then they're like, yeah, did you hear what happened on Impact? I find it funny that the Japanese press knows what's happening in Impact, and they're big fans. And Bubba is upset that they learned about all the shit that happened in TNA through, through the Japanese press. So they come here. They're not allowed in their locker room, so they're going to start shit up. So they go backstage. They bring the axe. They chop down the door just for the nasty boys to fuck them up. And, you know, it looked kind of, it was a nice beating, but it's still, it's still the nasty boys in 2010. What the fuck? I mean, Bubba even, he's mentioning, he's saying what everyone else was saying. He's like, why the fuck are the nasty boys here? And then they're out here getting fucked up. I mean, it's, I'm not looking forward to it. That's all I can say. Ah, man. Um, also, shout out to AEW for stealing the little tunnel gimmick from TNA, because I looked at that. I'm like, yeah, that tunnel is so nice. I've always liked that. And then AEW stole it. I'm like, you know what? Kudos to AEW for that one. Get a little vignette about Tomco basically being mad. They're really building up this whole Tomco stuff just so I can know it's going to fail and not lead to much. After a commercial break, we get Sean Morley. Why'd I put Dean Morley? We, we get Sean Morley, a.k.a. Val Venus. And I got I to give it, I do like the music. It's a little funky. That's all I like. Um, he comes out, he's like, you know, he, he, does, his, he does his bit. He's Val Venus. He's talking about how he's always been in front of the camera doing his performances. Now he's behind the camera. He's saying he's a director, a producer. He's basically saying he directs porn now. And he's saying TNA needs a porn division. I'm like, what the fuck? Now this is going on way too long. I'm like, bro, why is Val Venus signed to TNA? Why was this a good idea in somebody's head? This doesn't last too long. Uh, This doesn't... Well... The Val Venus in TNA doesn't last too long, but this moment does last too long, and I'm like, please stop it. But we do get Daniels. Daniels, Christopher Daniels, he comes out, and, you know, he's kind of, like, trying to be buddy-buddy with Val Venus just for him to be like, yeah, go fuck yourself, and he beats the shit out of him. Daniels is a goat for this. Daniels is a goat for many reasons, but it was so great to see him beat the shit out of Val Venus. Uh, best moonsault ever. The best moonsault ever, a.k.a. the BME, is such a great moonsault. He kills it. Um, so it was great to see Christopher Daniels doing his thing. And he's uh, he's on the mic. He's like, basically, he's saying, why the fuck are you in my company? I hate everything you're doing. That's exactly how I feel. We cut to a little promo for Tara versus ODB. I'm pretty sure they got a rematch at the pay-per-view from what I saw. And, you know, Tara, I learned that her spider's name is Poison. And I also learned that apparently ODB has had worse, nastier things on her stomach than the spider. Great moment. (laughs) If you want to hear that clip, go check out uh, our Instagram or Twitter. I'm going to be uploading that. That one, you got to go check it out for that one. (laughs) At Project underscore Kayfabe. Um, You'll also get to see this little random clip of Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Walking in with the shadiest lawyer I've ever seen. Looked fucking weird. Um, So very interesting. We see him walking into the Universal Studios with a lawyer. Then we get Matt Morgan and Hernandez. They're going against Beer Money in a match that only lasts 2 minutes and 42 seconds. Because it ends in a disqualification. Because the band comes out and they fuck shit up. And the two takeaways here. 
One. Beer money's awesome. We need a reunion. Please give us a reunion. And also, I almost forgot that they had the cooler scooters. They just have coolers of beer that were also basically little scooters. And I was like, oh, beer money is so good. I wish we could get a reunion somewhere down the line. Uh, but anywho, this match ends up in a disqualification because Scott Hall and X-Pac and Kevin Nash, they fuck shit up. Eric Bischoff comes out. Uh, they cut to commercial break. Eric Bischoff's like, basically, all right, we're going to settle this. We're going to have a match. And Scott Hall, he, he interrupts. He's like, is a match where I could drink all their beers? <laughs> I was fucking done. R.I.P. to my guy. Ah, uh, the bad guy. But uh, at the pay-per-view, we're going to get James Storm and Robert Roode, beer money. They're going to go against Scott Hall and Kevin Nash of the band. So there it is. We got that. Uh, we get another vignette from Tomco. I'm like, all right, stop building up Tomco. This doesn't lead to anything. Maybe they wanted it to, but it doesn't lead to anything. And I don't see a reason on Wikipedia to why it didn't lead to anything. We got another match on the card. We got Desmond Wolf. He's taking on Samoa Joe. This match is three minutes and 23 seconds. Desmond Wolf gets the win. The Pope is on commentary. I believe this is building up to a feud between the two of them. But you can't really tell because we only got three minutes of a match. And it was pointless. It was. It just felt like they needed something to fill in with everything else that they're going to throw at you at the end of the show. Which is kind of bad. We get another Tom Cope fucking vignette. This is like the third, one, third, fourth one. We've gotten so many. All right, I get it. You're mad at AJ Styles. Get over it. My God. Uh, then we get to Double J. Jeff Jared did a lot of Double J this this day after seeing him in TNA today, and now he's apparently son of AEW. I thought he was still with WWE, but I guess they like. Oh, they did let go of him recently, so now he's with AEW. Tony Khan just signed him, but back to 2010. Double J goes into Hulk Hogan's office with his lawyer, and I love it. This is my favorite thing. He starts talking shit. He was like, yeah, you know what? The young guys in the back, yeah, they basically fucking suck. They got no talent. There's no talent in this company. All the company, all the talent in this company is me. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? Last week, Double J was basically putting over the entire company, and Hulk Hogan was being a heel. Now this week, we get Hulk Hogan being a face, and Double J is talking shit about the company, so I'm very fucking confused. I am like, well, what's going on here? One of my favorite things is Bischoff is there, too, and he gets into Jeff Jarrett's face, and he's basically saying, without Dixie Carter, this company would have been a blimp. It would have failed. No one would be talking about it. No one would remember it. And you know what? It just made me think about Global Force Wrestling, where Jeff Jarrett had his own company, and it went, and barely anyone remembers Global Force Wrestling. You just know it failed. And Cody Rhodes was a champion of it. Um, anywho, I don't know why Double J is the heel now. I'm confused. What happened? Where, where, where did this come from? Why is this being done? Why? <sighs> anywho. Ric Flair, he comes out before the next match, and he's going to do commentary, because he's going to do commentary over this AJ Styles Tomko match for the world title. The match itself was shorter than the entrances leading up to it, including the Ric Flair stuff. This match was only 4 minutes and 16 seconds. 
Tomko looks out of shape as fuck, and AJ wins with the Pele kick. I know AJ has won a couple of times in the, you know, probably multiple times with just a Pele kick. It's rare, but it happens. And all I know is like, let, I mean, if, you, if you're letting Tomko lose to a fucking Pele kick in four minutes and 16 seconds, why the fuck were you building up this guy with like five vignettes over the course of the night? Why is this something that you then invest money on to then do this throwaway? Eric B is like, I care about, I wish, in WCW, I cared about the finishes. And then this is what we're getting. It blows my mind. That is the show. Before the show is over, we do get a nice promo to, you know, hit off for Genesis. Very interesting one. I will play that before the show is out. Um, but on top of that, you know, this this is what we're getting. This is this is TNA. This was bad. It was a struggle for me to even just do this episode. It would have been great to have Quade here just to help me get through it, but this was not a good episode. I kind of regret watching it, but knowing that, like, you know, Genesis was around the corner, I'm like, let me watch the pay-per-view uh, go-home show. Let me watch the go-home show before the pay-per-view just because why not? So our next episode will be on TNA Genesis 2010, and here's a preview of the card. We have TNA X Division title match. The Amazing Red is a champion, and he's taking on Brian Kendrick. We got a singles match between Daniels and Sean Morley, a.k.a. Val Venus. We got the women's knockout match. Best two out of three falls match, I might add. ODB is a champ. She's going against Tara. Then for the tag team titles, we got British Invasion. Uh, that's Magnus and Doug Williams. They're going on against Hernandez and Matt Morgan. And actually, now that I think about it, the one that interrupted the match earlier, it wasn't the band, but they did pop up. That tag team match that happened earlier with Beer Money and Hernandez and Matt Morgan, that was British Invasion that interrupted, and then the band came. So, whoops, my bad. Um... Then we got a tag team match of Kevin Nash and Six Pac versus Beer Money. But it was supposed to be Scott Hall because I heard him say Scott Hall. Then we got Bobby Lashley going on against Abyss. And then for the world title, we got AJ Styles going against Kurt Angle. I'm very interested for this show. I hope there's good stuff. I hope there's good matches. I hope there's plenty of shenanigans. But knowing this style of TNA, there sure will be. Oh, man, that was a fucking struggle. If this was a struggle for you to listen to, I am so sorry. But TNA, there there might be some episodes where I might just have to skip that episode of TNA just because some of them are so bad. As always, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast at. We're part of the WrestleBuzz Network. Feel free to listen to us. Next episode you're going to get is the Wrestling Journal podcast. Then you're going to get an episode of From the Top Rope. So plenty of stuff to listen to. Always listen to pro wrestling and watch us. And, you know, I'm, I'm forgetting what to say now. Watch, listen, you know, just do the thing. And here's the promo for Genesis. In the past three months, these two competitors have been to hell and back. On this night of thirsts, expectations have been raised to another level for Kurt Angle. The phenomenal AJ Styles and the entire TNA wrestling roster. 
I can't wait for January 17th. Genesis is going to be one of my greatest matches of all time. I'm going to give AJ Styles everything I have. I'm in the prime of my career right now. I don't know that AJ Styles is the best athlete in professional wrestling. Uh, that's not for me to decide. I do go out there and I do what I can to win matches. You know, and do I rely on my athletic ability? Sure, I do. Kurt Angle being the best wrestler in the world today. There is something deep inside of me that wants to prove, not just to AJ, not just to the fans, but to myself, that I am still the best wrestler in the whole entire world. Why is Genesis the must-see pay-per-view of the year? Hulk Hogan, Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, World Championship. The partnership. The first shot. The war. On January 17th, it will be a night of firsts, a night of returns, a night of surprises. You can expect the unexpected. The biggest name in professional wrestling returns to pay-per-view. The main event between Kurt Angle and the phenomenal AJ Styles will determine...